for me yoga is like it has to go and it has to go with the time like it modernized you know it can't stay like 3000 years ago in india you know and it's not like because you're going to go india and do your 200 hours there you're going to become a big guru and you can come and and teach you know that doesn't mean anything you know for me like yoga if you have something beautiful to share and if you see like transformation in people that's yoga that was aria crescendo and i'm henry winslow you're listening to dharma talk Dharma Talkers, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for returning. Or if it's your first time, thanks for checking it out. This week is all about sharing those good vibrations. We do that through our yoga practice and through our purposeful living. And it's my hope that you feel that's what Dharma Talk is about as well. But this week in particular, we're going to get a bit more literal. I'm talking about high frequency sound waves in the form of music, of course, because my guest this week is the pop star yoga teacher, Aria Crescendo. But before we go there, let me make my weekly appeal. Please subscribe to Dharma Talk. It's very easy. It takes five seconds max and it ensures that you get the new episode that comes out every Thursday. Wouldn't want you to miss that. And then if you love the show, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, AKA iTunes. This is very helpful for me. It's helpful for other potential listeners of the show because it'll tell Apple to serve this up to people who might be interested in it. Also, other ways you can support are by sharing this episode with a friend that you think would resonate with it. And of course, if you have the financial means to do so, I always appreciate donations to keep the podcast up and running. You can make a donation at henrywins.com donate. This week, I owe my gratitude to Andrea Weaver for making a donation to support Dharma Talk. Andrea, thank you so much. Your donation means so much to me because it tells me that you're listening, that you care, and that you support what we are all here building together, that these conversations are meaningful to you. So thank you, and I appreciate you. Now, before we dive into the conversation, the interview this week, I have a few announcements. At the end of this month, September 27th through 29th, I'm going to be teaching at Horizon Hot Yoga in Dallas, Texas. I'll be teaching my Hatha Vinyasa classes, an arm balance workshop, and an especially special workshop that I call Gratitude Practice. It's a heart-centered vinyasa class followed by meditation to bring in abundance and appreciate all the blessings in our lives. Then the following weekend, I'm going to Austin, Texas, back to my old stomping grounds at Yoga East Austin to teach a four-day immersion with Jared McCann. Each day begins with a morning sadhana of pranayama, meditation, kriya, and then we go into a JM vinyasa class, the signature style of Lighthouse in Brooklyn. In the afternoons, we do workshops, posture clinics, and satsang discussions. So for the details on these workshops, these events, and everything else I have coming up, please head to henrywins.com slash events. Hey, yogis. If you've been listening to the podcast for a little while now, or if you keep in touch with me elsewhere, then you might know that my wife, Veronica, and I are leading a seven-day retreat to Ubud, Bali in December. I'm so excited for this trip. I know it's going to be a magical experience and a great way to wrap up 2019 and prepare for 2020. I've never been to Bali personally, but I've only heard the most wonderful things about it. That being said, what I can vouch for from firsthand experience is the practice that we're going to undertake together and the value of doing an intensive practice like that in a group. We'll have two yoga classes every day, one more rigorous and one more restorative. And we'll also begin every morning in noble silence all the way through our first meditation together. 
being in nature like this and having time to focus our attention inward is incredibly empowering and healing. And we'll have all the accoutrement and amenities and delicious vegan meals to support that effort so that you're ready to see yourself, see your highest self come to life. We're calling the retreat Divine Connection because that's what we hope that you will feel connected to, to realize during our time together. The early bird rate for this retreat is ending at the end of September. So if you are thinking about it, I really encourage you to make the commitment now. You'll get the best rate and also know that you have something powerful to look forward to at the end of the year. So for more details on our Bali retreat, Divine Connection, go to henrywins.com slash Bali, B-A-L-I. Now let's talk about this week's guest, Aria Crescendo at aria.official on Instagram is a musician, singer, and yoga teacher. Her artistic journey brought her to yoga in 2000 after the demands of her career in the entertainment industry challenged her sense of balance. Aria has headlined at Wanderlust festivals and has represented brands like Nike, Oisho, and L'Oreal. She is the author of two books, Le Yoga de Ma Vie and The Healthy Book, both in French. She spends her time traveling and teaching while spreading the high vibrations of yoga and music. Now, I was absolutely enchanted, or shall I say enchanté, to connect with Aria, and I'm sure you will be too if you haven't already heard her oh-so-French accent in her music or yoga festival appearances. Here are just a few of the conversation points that we get into in this interview. Aria's introduction to yoga, which came through her Cirque du Soleil performer friends in Las Vegas when she was living in the U.S. for the very first time, and how going to her first yoga class helped her overcome some outdated preconceived notions about what yoga meant that she picked up in France. Then she takes us to her career and how it took off in L.A. as a singer when she was in the Paradiso Girls. She sang a song about tequila Patron when she wasn't even drinking alcohol herself, which just goes to show what kind of social and industry pressures she was taking in from her career as a pop star. And naturally, how that led her to lean into yoga as a counterbalance to bring back the health into her life. Then she shares how she ended up making the jump from pop star to yoga teacher and moving back to Paris to open a yoga school, something that she never expected or intended to do. And finally, she leaves us with a little teaser of her latest release, Love is the Answer, an album that seamlessly combines her love of yoga and mantras with her natural knack for creating indisputably catchy pop music. So you've got to check out the album. I know that you're going to get a kick out of it if you recognize some of these mantras. So if any of this resonates with you, if you like what you hear, please head over to dharmatalk.show and type Aria in the search bar. That's A-R-I-A. And you'll find all the notes and links for this episode, including Aria's recommended book and her upcoming events and album. And just so you know, I've got a running list of every book ever recommended by all the guests on Dharma Talk. So if you're looking for a book to read, head over to henrywins.com books and pick one out. Now, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with the one and only Aria Crescendo. Aria Crescendo, welcome to Dharma Talk. How are you today? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show because um, I've just, it's kind of interesting. I just spoke to someone else who has a musical background and we're going deeper into that, uh, that particular side of the yoga practice today with you as a pop musician, pop musician turned yoga teacher. And he's also French. So we have a lot in common. We both live in he's Paris. He's also French. That's right. <laughs> Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, music and yoga, you know, uh, it's all about like vibration and good vibes. So I guess it goes really well together. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's a perfect compliment. Um, and music tends to be part of the yoga practice, whether you're looking at it from a very traditional bhakti standpoint with the mantra recitations or a more newfangled kind of vinyasa approach with the music to guide people into a certain state of being for their asana practice. But um, I'm sure... I'm sure we can go deeper into all of that. But first, I want to ask you my opening question that all of my guests answer. What yeah. does the word Dharma mean to you? And what is your Dharma as you understand it today? Oh, Dharma. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I think like uh, Dharma rhymes with karma. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, really like about, uh, for me, it's like, whatever you put out in the universe is coming back to you, you know? So that's like your destiny and whatever, like you, 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 um, yeah, it's like a mirror. It's like whatever you project into the world is coming back to you. You know, it's kind of like karma. Uh, it's like a destiny mixed with karma, but like karma and dharma, we like both uh, created ourselves. you know? It's not like you're not born with certain dharma or certain karma. It's like you make your, de your own destiny and you create your own path. I guess, in life. Yeah, I think that's there's a lot to be said for that. You know, our, our agency and our will in the outlook and trajectory of our lives. Some would probably say that you are born with karma, but even if you are, you made those choices in a past life. Nice, but, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So these, this idea of karma and dharma being intertwined is powerful. And also, you know, there is choices to be made in this life for the next one, so... Like what I'm saying to people usually is to like do the best they can and be the best person for themselves and for others. So then they will have a good, you know, good life in the next life and this life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your, uh, your Dharma and maybe you can tie it back to some choices that you made before. Maybe not. Um, but I know that you are, you know, you're a musician and a yoga teacher. So how did you start? Um, which one came first and how did you get into it? All right. So uh, it started a long time ago because I'm actually a dancer first. So I did um, a dancing, singing and uh, theatri theatrical, uh, um, what you call it, um, school in south of France when I was five years old. So I was doing classical dance and I was doing singing and I was doing a bit of piano and I wanted to be on stage. Like basically my whole life, like I wanted to like perform and entertain and that was like what I wanted to do forever. And uh, so I started with the artistic side. And when I got, I got to Paris at 15 years old because I was bored of school and I was like, all I want is to be on stage. And I want to conquer the world and I want to travel. And that was like my dream forever. And when I arrived in Paris, I did a little bit of a piano bar. I was singing in piano bars and and then uh, at some point, somebody discovered me and asked me, oh, do you want to do cabaret? Like, do you want to dance in like Moulin Rouge and Crazy Horse and all this cabaret in Paris? And I was like, oh, that's uh, interesting. I never thought of that, but like, hey, why not? So I went to audition for Moulin Rouge and Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse is like, um, is the same, like kind of, I don't know if you heard about it. It's another cabaret in France. So I auditioned to both of those and I ended up dancing um, in Crazy Horse for uh, seven, eight years. And then I, I started to travel a lot. And the uh, first time I got to uh, America was in Las Vegas when I was 17 years old. And, you know, Las Vegas is very tough if you're not 21 and you don't have a fake ID to go out. <laughs> so uh, everybody was like going out and dancing. And me, I was so depressed in front of my TV, watching Jerry Springer show. I mean, very depressing with my Nutella and everything. Classic American pastime, watching Jerry oh, Springer depressed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But, I, you know, everybody was going out and I, I knew no one else but the girls from the show and I had nothing else to do. So um, I have some friends from Cirque du Soleil. They came to see me and they're like, oh, my God, why are you so depressed? Like, you should come to with us to yoga. But, you know, in France, like um, this yoga thing, it's just very new. It's been only like five years that people know about yoga so much because before the young generation, they thought like, oh, yoga is for the third age. It's like for old people, you know, it's just like meditate and sleep like they didn't understand you know like america is very evolved in that sense because you guys been doing yoga for 30 40 years even more you know but here is not it's been in fashion just for the past five years so um so back in, in the day when when i started yoga uh you know people thought like oh it's for old people yoga it's not like you know if you want to do something modern you're not doing yoga 
So I was like making fun on on my friends, the acrobats from Cirque du Soleil, saying like, oh, I don't want to go to this like third age, like practice. What is that? And they're like, oh, come and see if it's for the third age, you know? And I go with like this group of acrobats and they're all like one hand handstand and like all this funky, like crazy postures. And I'm like, what is that yoga? I was 17, you know, and I was just discovering and I was like, oh, that's what you call yoga? Like all the school postures, like wow, I want to do this. So basically this is when I um, started and I got to be really interested interested in. And funny enough, you know, because I'm hyperactive and very crazy personality and I have no patience. So like the first year of my practice, I didn't even stay for Shavasana. You know, I was just like, oh, okay, like I'm I'm bored. I can't stay for Shavasana. And it's cool because, um, you know, I came to yoga and more the part of meditation and more philosophical part of yoga through my body, you know. So start when I, st- I start with the posture, I start like to like the fun part of yoga. And then slowly by slowly, like without even, even realizing, I was like, oh, maybe today I stay in Shavasana. Oh, maybe today I'll try some breathing practice. And, you know, slowly by slowly without forcing anything, I, I was kind of like, coming to like a whole in a, a practice, like, you know, where I incorporate more, more stuff. And now today, now I'm 35. So obviously I've been doing yoga for almost 20 years and teaching. And I was like, I, I became obsessed like straight away because like I felt the, the benefits in my body first. And then I could, you know, I have a lot of energy and I'm hyperactive. Like I have a very crazy personality and yoga helped me to like, to recenter myself and like put the energy, whatever, like I need to do, you know, because otherwise I was like kind of all over the places and it was very hard for me to concentrate on one thing. And because of yoga, it helped me out also in my artistic path, because, you know, uh, if you're a singer and a dancer and then things one day, you know, things work very well for you on the radio and people love you and you do all these interviews. And then the second day, like you're not on the radio anymore. People don't call you. You have no friends, you know, and I lived in Hollywood for like eight years. And to be honest, like if I didn't have yoga to be like um, a part of my, my career, my artistic career, like I would be like drug addict and alcoholic and depressed, you know, because basically yoga helped me to stay grounded and, and yeah, and then survive in the artistical world, which is like very, very hard, you know, it's very tough. Yeah, absolutely. So I start with like the artistic path because I'm a singer and I'm a dancer and that's all I wanted to do. And I was earning my life, you know, being in the band and touring and doing all this stuff. But definitely yoga, like always like was my passion and always like um, guide me, you know, to, to, to be more grounded and to, to make the right decisions, basically. When you were 17 and your friends from Cirque du Soleil convinced you to go try this yoga class, was it immediately helpful in and overcoming that kind of depression from missing out on yes. the social life. Yes. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Like I became so obsessed. Like from the first day I was like, okay, I'm staying to the second class, third class. I was literally doing like three, four classes every day. I was spending all my afternoons at yoga, just like the whole day because I had nothing else to do, you know? And I felt the benefits like straight away. I was, I felt the benefits like from the first time for sure. Just because, you know, you breathe, you focus on yourself. And I'm such a control freak and I love the, the part of yoga where you have to control your body and like, you mm-hmm. know, engage and all that. And yeah, I just like, I just love that. I love that straight away. It was like uh, a calling. And you were working at night. So you, that's what you mean when you said you had nothing yeah. else to do. Like you had the whole day free. Yeah, I had all day free. And then, you know, I was I was working at the MGM ground was a show called La Femme. And I don't know if you've ever been to Vegas and they were, this show was there for 10 years and then they stopped it. But uh, yeah, so back then, uh, yeah, that's all I do. I had one show or two show at night on Saturdays and that's it. And the whole day I had nothing to do, just like 10 and watch TV and right. And, and the girls, you know, out and like go into hotels playing, you know, gambling and all this. And exactly. Yeah. Out, that, so. that level of freedom and unstructured uh, schedule could actually really be damaging if you didn't have something healthy to channel that energy into. Yeah, especially when you're super young, you know, and then you kind of like, okay, what, what should I do with myself? You know, everybody's partying and getting drunk and fucked. And, but, you know, to be honest, I never liked drinking anyway. So it's cool that that's maybe also why I, I find some other distraction (laughs) like yoga (laughs) because I never like was a fan I'm very healthy and like I like to take care of myself so I know like it was never fun for me to go and get completely drunk and fall on the street and you know when I see those girls I'm like oh my god I'm so happy it's not me yeah right so and and what else do you do in Las Vegas you go to the circus (laughs) that's your other option oh yeah 
No, that's what I was doing. You know, I was actually going seeing shows and doing yoga and then do my show. That's it. Yeah. But we stay only, I mean, I was only there for three months, but three months in Vegas, uh, like seems forever if you have nothing to do, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, but it's really nice. So then how did you, um, how did you decide or what was the path to becoming a yoga teacher for you? You obviously kept up your musical career. No, exactly. But right after Vegas, I, uh, I came back to, to Paris and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yoga is so cool. I want to like, I want everybody to discover this. You know, it was like in 2000, like I told you in France, nobody was doing yoga back then. So, you know, me, I wanted to like, oh, I need to give an image more modern to yoga. People need to understand that it's really good for the head. It literally saved me from like bulimia and depression. And like, you know, I need to, to make, so I wrote a, a book about yoga, you know? So it took me a long time, but I wrote a book and then I started to be on this uh, really famous TV show that was called Sarah Academy in, in France. So I was the yoga teacher on this like castle for people that wanted to become stars. You know, back in the day, the, there was no reality TV show. So that was the only reality TV show in France, but it was like a very uh, classy reality TV show. Basically in the castle, there was like 10... 10 people, they're like, they're going to become stars. So they're training, doing singing classes and dancing classes. And, and, uh, every Friday, you know, you have Madonna or Beyonce or like big, big, big celebrity that came and sing with them, you know? So it was like the show that everybody in France was watching. So I went to see the, the TV show and I was like, look, like you need to have yoga in there. You need to like show to people how cool yoga it is. And everybody was telling me like, oh my God, I'm not going to put yoga. What is that? It's for boring people and like it's not visual like it's not gonna look good on tv and i was like trust me it looks super good and i did this amazing video and i sent it to them and they're like oh wow it's very actually very visual it looks very geometric the the postures look really nice okay let's do it so basically i did this show for like two years so once a week i was going there to give classes and i i released this book and i i did the photos really modern just to like you know to have younger people interested on yoga so uh, I was like trying to like uh, open a studio back then and I was very motivated to like, you know, to, 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 to show like French people that yoga is really good. And then while I was doing all that, I got this really big contract, um, proposed of Interscope Records and like, will I am label, you know, and then they're like, okay, what do I do? Do I go to LA and try to be a superstar or stay, or I stay in France and try to convince people that they should be less negative and <laughs> trying to have a better life through yoga. And I was like, Ah, fuck it. I'll come back to that. So I left Trelay. And then, um, so I, I teach for a few years before I, I uh, left, I, I left Trelay in 2006. So I, I teach for six years in Paris and did the show and had this book and then wanted to open a studio. But while I was doing that, I was still dancing at night, uh, crazy horse, you know, that was the advantage when you dance in cabaret, like you have shows only at night, you know, at 8 PM. So they basically all day, you can do whatever you want. Same as Las Vegas. So I was having my side. So it was amazing because I had my salary at night and then in the daytime it was kind of like a hobby because, you know, even if like I didn't get paid a lot of money to teach yoga in the day, but then I made a lot of money with like the book and the TV show and it was cool. Like I had two, two, two jobs in the same time, you know, I could, I could keep my artistic path and then I could also do the yoga. So then when I went to LA in 2006, um, I started to be even more into yoga. You know, I was like recording in studio, but then practicing at yoga works like I love yoga works literally they're my best studio in uh, in Los Angeles I mean they have it all over you guys have it in New York too but I, I start yoga works and I did there I did also 200 and 300 hours and I was keep like every you know year doing another um, teacher training because I was so interested on in learning more and more you know so basically in, in 20 years I, I did maybe like 15 different trainings you know and I did also an acro training and I did like a power yoga training and ashtanga training. I started actually with the Iyengar training for two years here in Paris. But it was like the most boring thing I ever did in my life <laughs> because I was like so young and I was like, fuck, why is two years the Iyengar uh, school when everybody else do 200 hours? But um, whatever, you know, it was, everything was very useful. Like I, it was, um, it's cool because I saw the evolution, you know, how being a young person and trying to like, you know, discover something. And then when I see it's like, it helped me so much. Like I had the desire to help other people and be like, you know, spread the good world and be like, Oh my gosh, this helped me so much of my life. Like it will help you too. And, and yeah, so I continue my music, but every day I was practicing yoga. And um, basically when my band, uh, you know, I was in the girls band called Paradiso Girls. Did you ever heard about it? No, tell me. We had a, you know, we had a huge hit on the, ra on, a, on the radio on Kiss FM. Uh, in America, 
um, and uh, Paradiso Girls were, were, were like famous for a little bit. We're on tour of LMAFO. Do you remember LMAFO, Party yeah. Rock Tour? Party Rock is in the house tonight. We're on tour of them for like a year at least. And we had a hit song called Patron Tequila. I don't know if you remember. I'm on Patron Tequila. I'm drunk of margarita, that Patron Tequila. Me and my mom. Oh, with, uh, with you never heard about yeah, this? Eve was in that song, right? Little John and Eve. Yes. Oh my God, you remember. <laughs> so yeah, that was like, yeah, that was us. Okay. That was my band. That was you. So, so we had Little John and Eve. So the, all that just to tell you, like, you know, like this party rock tour, I was singing about Patron Tequila and I never was <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> super funny. <laughs> making fun backstage i was like sipping my chamomile tea before i go on stage and then i was like patron tequila it was super funny but um but yeah so the whole time i was doing this band i was like practicing it helped me on tour because you know tour is like going crazy sometimes and people like doing drugs and they like fighting and then and and me you know it kind of kept me out of the craziness and you know keep me out like the feet on the ground and and making shits happen and not like completely losing my mind because like I said the the business is very hard and even you know you like you think you're on the top of the the mountain and like you have everything and you're on top 10 on Kiss FM and you're working with Will I Am and Little John and Eve and all these people and then you you know sometimes you can lose your mind thinking oh my gosh I'm a star now and but you know because of yoga I always been grounded and even if like after that it was done and I had no more friends and no one called me anymore after the band I keep like you know I was like yeah it's fine you know it's another it's another time I'm gonna keep going and I keep doing my music and now I'm gonna mix my music with like my passion yoga and yeah and then yeah it definitely helps me like not to be depressed you know and just keep going and doing my thing. Well, that's such a common path too. I mean, there's obviously these pressures from the industry, but it's more than just the business, right? It's like the social conditions of being working in that in that field. You're surrounded by other people who so are funny. making. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you saw on Netflix the um, the documentary of Avicii. Did you ever see that documentary when it was uh, with the DJ Avicii? I didn't see that one. I saw the one about Amy Winehouse, though, which I think has a similar oh, kind of similar I'm story. Gonna, I'm gonna you know, th- that's what they, they were saying on this documentary is not only the, the pressure, you know, from the label, but also pressure from the fans. You know, I received so many messages on, on Instagram and, and, and they're all like, oh, my gosh, when you release another album and why you don't release another single and why you're not doing the radio? And like, you know, like people think like, oh, yeah, it's me. I'm going to call the radio and please put my song in the radio. So you have so much pressure, you know, from the fans because like, oh, why are you doing, don't do anything. But do you think it's my choice? Like, I mean, you know, you if it was after me, like, of course I'll be all over and of course I'll do concerts and, and you have a lot of pressure, you know, from fans and people that follow you and also from the label. Oh, if you don't sell, we like drop you. And, you know, also from your manager, if you don't do this, you don't do that. And it's just like, it's just a lot of pressure. People see only, you know, like the, the, the good thing about the being like a celebrity, you know, my God, like this, she, she, she's going in like private jets and it's so cool. And she's doing that and that, but like, you know, to, to be in the middle of Hollywood and knowing, you know, I hang at Leonardo DiCaprio house and I was hanging with all those celebrities and, and it's just fucking hard, you know, like they're all fucking depressed and, and, and it's kind of a superficial, like a superficial, like, um, uh, industry. And if you're not really passionate about it and if you're not like, if this is not your calling, you know, cause the problem with me is like, if I'm not on stage, I, I feel depressed. Like I need to be on stage. I need to share like my music. I need to create, I need to always do stuff like that. Cause otherwise like I, I'm not happy. You know what I mean? So in order to be happy, I have to do, but if I, if I didn't feel that thing inside of me where like, I need to be on stage, I need to perform, I need to entertain, I need to make p- people happy. Like I would have give up on this business for a long time because it's just very hard. It's just, you, you have to be a, a really strong warrior to survive this world, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think when, whether it's the music industry or some other source of stress, a lot of people tend to, I mean, it's tempting to sacrifice your routine of self-care or yoga or whatever it may be. Did you ever feel like your practice was starting to slip because of these pressures or did it always make you double down on the practice? No, seriously, every time I didn't feel like more, I was like not feeling good, more I was going to yoga because I knew every time I was going out of my, my 
class, I would feel much better, you know, and more recentered and less stress. So no, like I, I, yoga always saved me. Like seriously, like it saved me so many times that like is my best partner. <laughs> He's my mm-hmm. best partner in my, in my work uh, ethic. You know, it really helped me. Like I could not like live without yoga. I don't know how people do. And uh, also, you know, like I told you in France, it's very new, the yoga thing. So people only do right. once a week or twice a week maximum. But me in, in LA, I was doing every day and a lot of people like, you know, they're saying six times a week, you have to do yoga. And so, so, you know, in France, when I, when I teach at my studio and people are like, when I tell them they have to do every day, they look at me with crazy eyes. Like, are you crazy? Like, you know, like if they do yeah. once a week for them, it's like such a big, like I do yoga once a week. Like it's such a big, uh, you know, uh, effort, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah. dude, like you have to, you breathe every day, you eat every day, you have to do yoga every day, you know, like wake up one hour earlier and like do it, you know, and I'm trying to motivate and encourage people. And, and when people listen to me, they definitely feel the difference, you know? And yeah, I have yeah. people coming and like literally crying and be like, oh my gosh, you changed my life. We have so many clients that are like, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, plastic surgeons or like uh, lawyers, like people, they work a lot and they super mega stress and they never get holidays and they come and they're like burnout, you know, they're like, oh my God, how I'm going to survive. And, and yoga save them. I see so many, I can tell you so many people that I, I, I you know, I changed their life because they start yoga and. And now they feel so much better and more recentered and they can enjoy more their work and their family without being stressed all the time and just survive, you know, yoga mm-hmm. kind of help you to live in, and not just survive and kind of, you know, make, make stuff happen, but being stressed the whole time. Cause a lot of people, well, they're like, go to work and they're like, oh, oh, we're so stressed. We can't get this down. And then they go home and they're like, oh my God, my kid's crying. Oh my God. And then, oh, and you know, everything, they live like that their whole life, like being super crazy. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, it's perpetual. Yeah, chill, do some yoga, and then you breathe, and then you'll, you'll see things more clear, you know? Well, a little while ago, you, you told me you got to this crossroads where you, were, you had the opportunity to go down and like, influence more people in Paris, where yoga is new on the scene to, to practice, or you could go to LA and kind of put that on hold for a little while. At this point, yeah. you know, you're still and you're still creating music, you're still performing, and yet you opened up the studio and you're doing more work to to bring awareness around the benefits of yoga. You know, you're having this conversation right now. So how how did you end up like what how were you able to end up reconciling those so that you could pursue both simultaneously? So here's what happened. So, you know, when I left to LA, I was again super young, uh, 2006, I was like 20. 22, 23, something like that. And I left there and then I was, I signed with this big label, you know, and, and my priority at that point was my career. And, you know, I was kind of selfish, like, because I just wanted to do things for myself. So when I was there, I just wanted to like practice for myself and, you know, like taking in as much as possible, taking the beautiful energy, like meet beautiful teachers and also in the same time record and tour. I just want it all, you know, I, I want to kind of like, but, you know, sometimes I realize like more time passed that sometimes you have to kind of be selfish because if you take care of yourself and if you feel really, really good, you know, by doing yoga, by doing stuff that makes you happy, then you actually are uh, able to make other people happy, you know. But if you like um, if you put your happiness on hold to like try to make other people happy, but yourself in the end of the day you're not feeling good, like you can't make anyone happy by doing that, you know. So in the sense, like you have to be a little bit selfish, like take care of yourself, make sure like you, your head is clear and you feel really happy in your life and in a good place. And then at that point you can start to share really with the world, you know? And I realized that because when I was in LA, like I said, I was doing yoga for myself, but in the same time I was in the showbiz and, you know, I was like partying a little bit, like not drinking, but just going out like late at night and like and dating like crazy actors and like, you know, fighting. Like I dated for like a year and a half, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, that other actor Joaquin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Joaquin is like, you know, like he was in the A, he was like having all this problem and me, I wanted to save the world. And I was dating all those actors that had problems. And I was like, I can save everyone. I know. Like, but you know, you do that and you spend so much energy and you don't focus on yourself and you focus on other people trying to like help everyone. And then you realize at some point that like you're losing so much energy and you don't do anything productive for yourself. And you just like, 
trying to take care of everyone else. So, well, maybe that was fulfilling the same need. You know, you like subconsciously were getting into relationships where you wanted to save that person when really your ultimate goal is to save like everyone. It's so funny. And I was only attracted like crazy actors. They were alcoholic and, and drug addict. And, and me, I don't even do any of those stuff. And I want to be a healthy person and a, and a balanced person. You know? But I'm also an artist too. So I, I'm not that balanced, you know, because nobody's perfect. So I, I also have my craziness. I also have other, you know, like uh, needs and everything. And, and the problem is like um, after a while, you know, when the band stopped as well, because it only went for like six years. And when I stopped the touring and everything, you know, it was kind of like everything was, was start to go down when like Interscope, Jimmy Ivan left Interscope and, you know, the, they fire a lot of artists and like, there's no more money in the business, the, mu- the music business, you know, kind of everything went down to shit. Like after 2010, you know, after the, the whole, crisis in America. And uh, yeah, so everything kind of started to, to go down. And I was, I bought a house in LA and uh, I couldn't pay it anymore because, you know, I, I wasn't on the band anymore. And then I started to call my friends, uh, celebrities in LA. Like I was a really good friend at that time with Ashton Kutcher and Jared Leto and Maggie Q, this like, um, Asian actress. And, and I was start to calling them and be like, okay, I'm becoming a yoga teacher because I have no more money to pay for my house and you have to be like my students. And they were like, oh, okay, why not? So that's how I started to like teaching LA to celebrities and kind of like survive by giving them classes, you know, while I was like trying to find a, a way like to sell my house because, you know, it was the big crash and no one was buying and everybody was losing their houses. And uh, yeah, so that's how I started to kind of start to teach yoga in LA again. But then, you know, in my mind, I still wanted to do music. So for like a year, I was like kind of teaching yoga, but also doing my music and my studio. And I couldn't find another deal because like Interscope dropped us. So about um, five years ago, I got a deal from Warner Music in Paris. That's why I came back here, you know, because they were like, okay, we propose your big tour and na, 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 na. And the mo- in the first, I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to Paris because I love too much the LA lifestyle. You know, I love to live by the beach. I love to go to yoga and drink my green juice. And, you know, and as pretty as Paris is, I don't want to like, drink wine and eat croissant and eat the baguette, you know, it's like not my thing and being the pollution here. It's like less glamorous than being by the ocean, you know, in Santa Monica or Malibu and like sipping your green juice and your aloe vera juice and do yoga on the beach, you know? So I didn't want to go. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to try to find a deal in LA. But after a while, because I didn't have enough money, like to pay that for that house, I was like, okay, I'm selling it and I'm going to, I'm going to move to Paris. And I was lucky enough because I find um, uh, my boyfriend, who's my husband right now, you know, Gus, I don't know if you see, we're posting a lot of uh, pictures together on Instagram. You know, Gus? I don't know him, but I've seen him on your pictures. Okay. So Gus is like, um, he's American. He's born and raised in LA. And I met him like about one year before I moved to, to Paris. And, you know, he was also an acrobat, an acrobat and he was teaching acrobatics and judo and he was traveling to Japan. He was like, you know, in sports and he was more like healthy than any other person I dated my whole life, you know? So I was like, okay, so I feel like, I feel like my, my, my life is getting back in track. Like I have a really nice guy. And then I don't want to leave LA because like, you know, I finally find someone like that's super like nice and not a crazy person that I fight every day with. And, and, uh, I told him, look, like I have a deal with Warner music in Paris. Like what I'm going to do, like, we're going to have a long distance relationship. And now, and he's like, Oh, but no, don't worry. I'm going to give up everything and just follow you in Paris. And I was like, what? Nobody does that, you know, like I would never do that. And so, so yeah, so he just like followed me in Paris and kind of give me the courage to come here because on my own, I really didn't want to come back to France. You know, for me, it was like kind of stepping down from like my career and what I'm doing, you know, to go back to where I was. Cause you know, my whole life was always like a step up, step up, step up, step up. So I was going, you know, my, my, my name is crescendo. So I was like, okay, I was meant to like go higher and higher and higher. So, so I didn't want to come back to Paris, but then because he followed me and I was like, okay, let's get married then. Like, cause like who, who will follow you on the other side of the world and give up like all his jobs and everything he has, you know, and his family and everything. So I was like, okay, let's get married. So we got married in Paris and then we, uh, we decided to open up the studio together because, you know, he was already in sports and 
he also did yoga with me in 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 in, in, in LA, and he was teaching acrobatics and judo already. So then I was like, okay, now you can just start and, and you know you have your two hundred hours, you have your three hundred hours. Start and teach with me in in Paris because we arrived here and he doesn't speak French, you know. So we couldn't find him a job. So I was like, okay, let's create you a job. We open a studio, you take care of the studio and me, I continue my music. You know, that was the, the whole plan in the beginning. So he started to take care of the studio. I was on tour here for a little bit with Warner Music, but then music, you know, it's even worse in France that, than LA. So it's even less money and even less people that that have like, you know, talent and and ambition. And like, you know, people here like weekends, they don't work. Then they have like, uh, how do you call gas jour férié? Like you know when jour férié when people don't work, uh, welfare. welfare. You know welfare. They have welfares every like month. They have at least five days welfares. So mm. I, I'm like, okay, nobody works here. So uh, they, I was calling days like off, sorry. days off, days off. You mean okay, days off. Guys, are you American or not? So we have in the American world and like what what is telling me? Anyway, so, you know, so people don't want to work here. And me, I was like, okay, my creativity, if I call the studio on Sunday and I want to like rent the studio and people tell me it's closed, like I can't like write a song on Sunday night. What the fuck, you know? So, so yeah, music is very, very bad and very difficult here. So I was like, okay, let's like do the studio together. Let's create this community of more positive people, like spread the world. And then slowly by slowly, you know, I start to sing in the end of my classes and take my ammonium and then my ukulele. And then slowly by slowly, people were like, oh my God, but why you don't do an album? This is so cool. You make us cry every time you sing in the end of the class. Like we love your voice and stuff. And I was like, you know, because the pop industry is like so hard and everything is like, you know, so painful. I don't want to like be stressed all the time trying to like get the right deal or like, you know, have people liking, liking those songs, my songs. And it's just like, I was kind of over it, you know, doing it after so many years, like, especially like when you have so much experience and like trying to kind of restart everything from the beginning, every single time is like super annoying and frustrating, you know? So I was like, I don't. Well, also at this point, you've, you've finally kind of accepted that, okay, that part of my past is behind me. I didn't really want to move back to Paris, but I've done it. And now I've got this life. I've got a yoga, I've got like a yoga teacher, husband, I've got a yoga studio and people (laughs) appreciate my classes. And now they're saying, bring back the music. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) I know. I know. And it's so funny. It's so funny because seriously, like two days ago, a guy, a big producer here in France called me and he's like, we want to do a music project with you. And I'm like, fucking fuck. I'm like, not even motivated that much into pop music project. And I'm like, should I go back into it? I'm not even that motivated, you know, because now I'm doing my mantra things and I'm doing so many like, you know, beautiful festivals. We just came back from the, from Barcelona and like we travel all over, like we teach all over Germany too. And like the next year we're going to Stockholm, you know, and like I have so many propositions of beautiful like festivals and people that really appreciate my music when I go there and sing and I don't know, you know, and I don't know if I want to go back to like the pop and all the stress and stuff. But um, yeah, like right now I'm really enjoying, you know, like um, having a family and traveling with them and sharing the vibrations of yoga and music and, you know, having people like coming at the end of the class and be like, oh my God, like you made me feel so good. Like it's so rewarding, you know, when you see like your students progress and, and feel better about themselves and about their, their lives. And, and it's just, yeah, it's just like kind of changing the world, like slowly by slowly. And that's what I wanted to do with the music in the first place. But you know, you can do that also through yoga and music now. So I don't know. It's just kind of like I'm living my dream no matter what. Well, before you told me that at a certain point in your life, you, if you didn't have the stage, if you didn't have the ability to perform and share and create with other people, then you couldn't be happy. Yes. Does teaching a yoga class fulfill that need for you? You know, that's the thing, like teaching a yoga class at a festival with a lot of people feel like a concert because, you know, I teach my yoga class and then I sing and I make people sing. And that feels like, I'm doing what I used to do. You know what I mean? I was on stage. I'm an artist. I share my vibrations with people and plus they sing with me. It's awesome. You know, like when I, when you do private classes or, or small classes it's really not for me because what I love is like private classes. Like for example, Gus loves to do private classes because it's very precise with anatomy and like he loves to spend like in every single detail, like so much time and and so he loves to teach private classes. Me, I'm like, I'm nourishing myself from the energy of like the, the group, you know, 
like when people push themselves and they sweat together and it's mat to mat. And, and by the way, this is the way I like to practice as well. Like, I don't like someone right, to be right. a private class or have like five students. Like, I love to go to crazy classes. Like, I don't know if you know teachers in LA, but this guy called Vinny in uh, Santa Monica, do you know him? He's teaching at Yoga Works. I, I've heard a lot about him. I oh haven't made God. it to his class personally. Seriously, if you go to, to Los Angeles, go to Vinny's class. He's the one who like start like uh, all those other yoga guys, you know, like he started like the, he, Dylan was training with him. Like uh, what's his name? Um, Dice was training with him. Uh, you know, like all the, all those like big yogis that you see on Instagram, they all started with Vinny. Like Vinny is like mm-hmm. the legend in LA, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so his classes are like literally packed, like every, and he's teaching every day and he has like 200 people every day, mat to mat. Like if you're not there one hour in advance, like you don't have a space in the studio, you know? And like, that's the yeah. way I like to practice. And that's the way I like to teach. Like I like to teach to like big groups, super motivated people. They want to have a change in their life. They want to like get out of their comfort zone. They want to like, you know, just like be the best version of himself. Like that's what I love. And because of that. Well, yeah. I mean, something special happens when you get that many people together moving in, in synchronicity. Exactly. And also, you know, when you see someone that's like, like that, that's so like motivated and, and don't want to give up next to you. Like it doesn't make you want to give up. It's kind of like elevating each other, you know? But like sometimes when you have like three, four people in the class and they're kind of like looking at their, their watch and like, okay, what do I have to do after this class? It's like boring, you know, like I want, I want fun and I want power and I want good vibes, you know? And that's why uh, after all these years doing yoga and especially doing yoga for myself and, and, um, and doing all those teacher training and learning from different amazing teachers, uh, I create my own, um, I create my own, uh, style of yoga. You know, I just start here in France with my studio. I start a uh, style of yoga that I call warrior yoga and I uh, register here, uh, you know, the name and everything. And uh, basically the warrior yoga, I like uh, mixed a bunch of different yogas that I, I learned and uh, I'm, I created a yoga that literally it fits me the best, like my personality, you know, because me, for example, when I go to any type of like class, you know, it doesn't have to be yoga. If I go to a dance class or like, um, uh, I don't know, golf class, whatever, if I discover anything and if I go into the class and when I le- leave the class, if I don't feel like I learned something new or I progress or I did something like that, like I never go back, you know, I'm very impatient and I want results very fast. And that's, that's my personality. You know, I mean, that's why we have so many styles of yoga. So everybody can find their happiness in every style. But I start with anger. And I, I, what I like about anger is like, they're very precise. Like they always correct your postures, you know, they're always like, you know, your, your right feet has to be aligned with the left heel. And I like, I like that about Iyengar, but I didn't like that you stay so long in the posters and me, I was like falling asleep. If I go to a class, that's too slow. You know, it make me think too much because my head goes so fast in my head. If I don't like move kind of fast, if I move slow, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of my yoga class more stressed than ever. Because if I go move slow, my mind is faster than my body. So then, you know, I can't like be in the present moment and not think. So I was like, I okay, so Iyengar, I'm just going to take the, the alignment that I love about it. Then Ashtanga, I like the Ashtanga, but I didn't like that it's always the same series. So every time you go to Ashtanga class, you know that what postures you're going to do. And, you know, I like to change. I like to like discover new parts of the body and move in different directions. So I was like, okay, so that's not really for me, but I like the fact that they count to five and they have a kind of like a structure and a discipline to it. So I took that from Ashtanga. Then, you know, Vinyasa, I like Vinyasa yoga, but like what I don't like about it is kind of like Vinyasa is like everything and nothing. You know, you can go to a class of Vinyasa and you don't know what to expect. Like it depends on the person, you know, they can put like in a Vinyasa, a bunch of inversion and the class can be fun or like you can be super bored at a Vinyasa class because it all depends on the teacher. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, like, um, I like Vinyasa, but for me, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, like what is a Vinyasa? It's just like a Chaturanga, upper facing dog, down facing dog, you know, that's a Vinyasa. But like, I don't know what to expect from the class then, you know, and I didn't like that. Also, a lot of people didn't correct you and they kind of let you place your body like, you know, and hurt yourself. And so I, I, I like Vinyasa, but not that I'm like, I felt like there was a lot of flaws in the class. Then I went to take also a power class, uh, power yoga. And I like more the, you know, dynamic cardio 
power yoga because in power they also mix some uh, postures from uh, gym, you know, so they do yoga and gym. Like power yoga, power yoga it's a little bit like gym. Yeah, calisthenics mixed. and, and yeah. ab workouts and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I was like, look, like I did all this like amazing styles of yoga, but like I want, and you know, I love that yoga says, okay, we're not in competition. Don't, you know, don't, don't like push it too much. If your body like don't allow you or whatever, you know, they, they always say like yoga is not about competing and stuff, but you know, I'm such a, it's not like I'm a, I'm a person that like to compete, but I'm someone that really loves to progress and every single day learn something new, you know, and, and like be the best version of myself and go higher and get out of my comfort zone and discover new things. So that's my personality. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to create this style of yoga where you have, you know, the, the post, the, always the, po- the yoga postures, but you also have this like life coaching kind of thing, you know? So when you come to my classes, like the warrior yoga classes, it's always like the mantra of the warrior yoga is I can. So at any point, if you see a posture that looks very difficult and you think in your head, oh my gosh, I can't do that. This is not allowed in yoga, in warrior yoga, right? I'm going to, I'm telling no, you know, I always like encourage people. Like, I'm like, don't say I can't do this because you see your neighbor like doing it and you didn't even try. Like maybe if you give a try, maybe you can do it, you know? So I always say that to people and they're like, oh, you know what, you're right. And then people who like super afraid and super scared to go upside down, I put them from the first time in their head, like always that in warrior yoga, you always find inversion, like at least like 15 minutes of inversion. So when people come to my class, they know what to expect, you know, because I always play around, but I always do inversion. I always push people like to be the better version of themselves, to try new stuff. And then people come at the end of the class and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing yoga for like three, four years. I never like dare to go upside down. How the fuck you put me upside down? And I'm like, because, you know, like I told you that you can and you can, (laughs) you know? And it's so funny because I, I realized that people really progress a lot when you kind of push their push their boundaries and and you know give them the courage you know and a lot of like a lot of teacher that's why like I don't like a, a lot of the teacher in yoga because they kind of like you know adapt this like okay stay in your comfort zone and whatever do whatever you can don't judge don't look at other people like okay like it's a self practice and you need to feel, you know, you need to go inside of yourself and stay with the breath and, and do all this stuff. But also, you know, like you want to like become better. If you did yoga for 10 years and all you need to, to, to do, and all you know how to do, it's a twist. I mean, for me, uh, for me, that's not what I look for. You know what I mean? I look for progress. So in the body and the mind, and because I have this like warrior spirit, like everything is possible. I'm so happy because so many people come to my class and they're like, oh my gosh, you inspire me to do this. You inspire me to like leave my job that I fucking hated and didn't have the courage. But because like you put me on my head and I was like, hey, I can do a headstand. So why I could not like leave my fucking job? I never thought I could do this headstand in my whole life. I was so scared. So, you know, so it's kind of like you become this like fearless, like warrior. So that's what I love also about yoga, you know, because you can do crazy stuff and without like hurting yourself because you can be safe and align your body and do it with the breath and and the focus and, and then, yeah, it allows you to do like amazing stuff of your body, you know? Yes. That, I mean, that, that truism really resonates with me. I've, I've experienced the same thing and I think it can happen in either order. You know, you can like teach yourself to, um, to not put false, uh, limitations on yourself in your yoga practice and then take it out into the world and quit your job. Or you can learn that lesson out in the world and it can affect your yoga practice. It's kind of like a two way street. For example, you know, exactly. you didn't think that you wanted to come back to Paris and yet you did anyway. It was like something that you dreaded. And then all these new opportunities uh, opened up for you. Okay. No, it's true. You're right. But also, you know, like the only thing that I don't like in the yoga business, you know, and it's been 20 years that I've been teaching. I just don't like because a lot of people are very judgmental, you know, and it's so funny because they're all like, yeah, the eight limbs of yoga. No, no, no. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But then they, they are like judging everyone, you know, like, oh, you, this is not uh, warrior yoga. Yeah, uh, It's cardio. Like, this is not yoga. You go too fast. And I'm like, who says the fucking yoga has to be slow? Did you guys saw this like Iyengar uh, video who teach us Tanga in India? Like it's a black, black and white video. You should, I'm going to send it to you. So you put it on your website. He, the guy is like jumping from a posture to another. He doesn't stay one breath in the posture and he's going super crazy. And that was in the seventies, you know? Yeah. I've and, seen that video. And, oh, you saw that video, right? And then everybody's yeah, like, oh, so fast. Like that's not yoga. We should go slow. Like 
who said you should go slow? Like, if you want to go slow, go to an in-class. And also, like, if you want to go slow, go slow. But don't force. Some other people want to go fast. Everyone go to their own rhythm. You know what I mean? So if people mm. want to go fast, they come to my class and they go fast. If they want to go slow, they go to in-class and they go slow, you know? And it's all about balance. You can't always go slow and you can't always go fast. It has to, you have to kind of, like, find the balance in between. And the, the worst thing for me is, like, when people criticize. You know, for me, yoga is, like, it has to go and it has to go with the time, like it modernized, you know, it can't stay like 3000 years ago in India, you know, and it's not like because you're going to go India and do your 200 hours there, you're going to become a big guru and you can come and, and teach, you know, that doesn't mean anything, you know, for me, like yoga, if you have something beautiful to share and if you see like transformation in people, that's yoga, you know, if people come to you and be like, I feel much better. Like I'm more recentered. I, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the present moment and, and I feel so much better with people around me. And that's yoga, you know, it's just to like change people and make them feel better about themselves. So, so, so yeah, yeah. it's like, I feel very, we have to be aware and like not judge other people and everybody can like teach the way they want to, you know, as long as like you, you do it safely and you make people feel good. That's all that matters, you know, and it's too much yeah. criticism. I see in the, in Instagram and it's just like, makes me laugh so much. Like everybody have their own opinion and they, they, they think they're the best in what they do. And all I say is like, we're different, you know, and you all, and we all have something that like beautiful to share, you know, and with, with our personality and stuff. And yeah, well, and it's exactly like, it. you know, some, some people will want to continue teaching it as traditionally as possible, but what you can't do is dictate how other people interpret it or how they choose to share because everyone but is also, different. To be honest with you, like, really what is tradition, you know, like uh, who was there 3000 years ago and know what's tradition and, and tradition says that like, uh, not everybody can do yoga, you know, Iyengar and Patanjali like start to put it public, but before not everybody was allowed to do yoga. You know what I mean? If you go really to tradition, I mean, what is tradition, you know, yeah, everything sure. like, evolved. like look at as a, as a, as a doctor, like, are you going to go and like, go to a healer that like learn how to, to do an operation 3000 years ago, or you're going to come to modern medicine. And about to- <laughs> yeah. Do you want, do you want to get the blood sucked out of you with leeches? I mean, seriously, what the <laughs> fuck, you know, like, everybody's like, yes, I'm so no. traditional. Like, okay. What is it? Like, what, no, exactly. what, like- it's, it's an arbitrary distinction to call something traditional when you're looking at something that happened in the 20th century, you know? Yeah. It's traditional by, a certain framework, but you can always go back further. I see exactly what you're I saying. I think you know, people who say that they're very pretentious. You know what I mean? Like you, you teach the way you want to teach. If you make a difference in the world, like that's amazing. And all I say is, good job. Keep teaching like that. You know, but like, don't criticize other people. Everybody can do their own. Like, can choose their own path and can can teach the way they want to. And like I said, you know, like I have people like. In, in, in three years uh, of this opening of the studio, we have like 4,000 people like the register of the studio. And like, I receive everyday letters about saying like, oh my gosh, you changed my life. And people coming at the end of the class, like crying because I sing a beautiful mantra and it give them like shivering. And, you know, it's just like, wow, that's, that's, that's why I'm doing this job, you know, because I'm making changement and transformation in people. And I transform myself in the same time with them because I'm growing, you know, with all this mm-hmm. beautiful worldwide community is like so magical for me that's like that's what uh, that's what's magic you know is like creating community being like super like happy with everyone and being open-minded that's the most important too you know well another way to look at it is that you know there if if everyone teaches a a, a, an agreed upon way that's considered traditional, then there are going to be certain people who are not served. And by doing something new and different and creative, you're tapping into some people that might otherwise not practice yoga exactly. at all. So exactly. speaking of, exactly. you know, creating something new um, and, you know, going your own way, talk, uh, tell us about the, the album that you created. All right. So then what I was saying, you know, like I come from pop music and um, I really love pop. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, you like Britney Spears and and the Spice Girls. This is so cheesy, you know, but I love pop music because I think it's nice to be able to talk, like you said, to as many people as possible. And that's what pop music uh, do, you know. So I was like, okay, so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking on, um, on YouTube and I saw all these mantras, but it's always like, kind of like, you know, old guys or like trying to, to play, to sing the mantras. I want to make it more modern and I want to kind of like make it pop, like pop music. So I kind of mix both of my background, like my pop music background and my yoga background. And I was like, okay, I'm going to create a mantra album that's super pop or like, 
young people can like dance to it and I can go to festival and have everyone like, you know, jump around and dance and sing along with me. So yeah, so I started to like, just, you know, go into studio with a friend and like try to do some cool beats and put the mantra uh, songs on top of it and create new melodies and, and do half English, half Sanskrit. And yeah, I just kind of like went crazy and do whatever, like, I felt like doing in studio and then I left to um, Burning Man and I shot some amazing video in the middle of nowhere in the desert and it looked like I'm in Mar- Mars or something like in another planet and yeah I was just like I was just like you know being creative and do everything for once because when you sign in a big label like big labels always trying to control you like don't do this you should sing like this you should do that so this is the first time that I do a project where like nobody tell me what to do anything you know so I was like I'm just gonna do whatever I feel like doing and then we'll see what it happens, you know? And I'm super happy because everybody awesome. like, yeah. And it's really fun. Yeah. You know, it's super fun and it's just like represents me again. You know, it's like, that's, that's who I am. I'm just like funky and, and funny. And, and I put my personality in my classes and I put my personality in the album and that's it. You know, then you like it or not, like you can't please everyone. You know what I mean? But I, I, I enjoy it and people around me like it. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> Yeah, you can't please everyone. I think as an artist, you probably understand that better than than most yoga teachers. But um, yeah. the yoga teachers and the audience have to recognize that at some point too. Like you have to be you and be authentic to what you want to share. And yes, it's going to repel some people, but it will attract some others. Exactly, exactly. And it, like you said, the beauty is like in diversity. So it's good that like there is like teacher that teach slower stuff or higher, or like more. Or, uh, fast stuff or you know whatever they want to do like everybody's putting their own magic in it and like you said if it's authentic and if it's really who you are like people will always love you you can't like pretend to be someone else you know if you go in class and you pre- take this voice and be like okay everyone let's do shavas now when it's not you like people are gonna feel it you know what i mean like you just have to be yourself and then you're gonna be the the best version of yourself and people are gonna feel it and they're gonna come back to you you know so how do people check out the album? How can they hear it? Okay, so you can hear it everywhere. It's out on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere. I'll send you the link. You know, it's also on my Instagram. My Instagram is aria.official, A-R-I-A dot official. And the link is on my Instagram. Or I can send you the link if you want to put it on uh, on your website so people go and check it out. And Yeah, you know, for sure. It it'll, and- it'll be on the show notes for the podcast. And flow and flow to the flow to the music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, um, I think now is the perfect time to wrap up with the final round of the interview. This is what I call the prana round. I'm going to ask you six rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. In one word, why do you practice yoga? For the happiness. <laughs> What's your favorite yoga pose and why? Handstand because I love being upside down. What's the single best cue or piece of advice that you've ever received from a yoga teacher? Never give up. (laughs) Recommend one book, either modern or ancient for our audience. Of course, in addition to your two books, which will be in the show notes as well. Yeah, but my books are in French. So it's very, unless you're French, it's kind of hard to uh, to read it. Um, You know, I like the book that's called You Are the Placebo. Mm. And uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, like, right? Yes, exactly. And I like this book. I, I read it like um, you know. I don't have time uh, to be honest to read that many books. I, I a lot of the time uh, do audio books, but um, this one I read it and I really like it because it gives you the the courage to like to to have no limits. You know, to put no limits to your mind and whatever you want to be, you can be if you decide to be. Like also healthy and stronger and have whatever you want to have in your life, and all it becomes possible. Awesome. Is yoga for everyone? Fuck yes, it is for everyone. I was the president <laughs> of France. Seriously, I'll put like yoga in schools. I think every single kid should start like when is like it will be obligatory in school for me. You know, they should start because yeah. we'll have more like a, a balanced kids and more concentrated in school and, you know, more kind as well. Yoga has to be everywhere. It's like for me, it's, it's life. Without, I don't know how people live without it. Yeah. I think if more people, if more um, government people and school administrators understood that yoga is primarily a practice for the mind, then we would be right on track to make yoga compulsory in schools. I'm with you on that. 
That's that's my that's my next goal to have the president of the republic doing yoga. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question: How can our audience get in touch with you, and how can we support you in your dharma? All right, so like I said, um, Aria that official is my. Um, is my Instagram. And also I have my website, uh, Aris Yoga, A-R-I-U-S, yoga.com. And either, you can either send me an email or a DM. I try to answer my DMs as much as possible. So if, they, if you guys have any questions about uh, music or yoga, uh, I'm always here to answer and I'm always here to help. So please don't hesitate. Awesome. Is Arius for Aria and Gus? Yes, that's it. <laughs> you got it. I decoded it. I deciphered. <laughs> well, Aria, it was such a pleasure to have you on Dharma Talk. I really appreciate you taking the time and um, I hope we get to meet in person. Maybe I'll see you in Paris. No, if, I, if you come into Paris or if I come to New York, definitely we need to meet. All right. Well, until then, I'll be jamming on your, I'll be jamming on your, uh, your album on the way to go practice. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dharma Talkers, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And if you did, please share it. Take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and tag me at Henry Wins. I love hearing from you about the conversations that make an impact for you. We have the ability to shape the world through our thoughts, words, and conversation. So let's influence the collective consciousness together. All my gratitude to Rory Wagstaff of Ease of Mind Productions for keeping our audio crisp and operations smooth, and to Patrick Kiebzak of Momentology Music and Art for supplying the powerful soundtrack to these conversations. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and tune in to new episodes of Dharma Talk every Thursday. I'll speak to you next week, and until then, keep living your Dharma.